Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bench Unit Podcast. I'm here as usual with Mark Schofield, ready to talk about all things wheelchair basketball. Uh, you used my full name. Yes, I did. Um, was that a secret? <laughs> you did not want people <laughs> to find you. No, it's on all of our stuff. Not. Don't want to be associated <laughs> with you. Um, I didn't yeah. use my name, so I could be anyone. Okay, um, yeah, that's fair. I'm safe. Yeah. After our last podcast, uh, we got a message from Ayaka, wheelchair basketball super fan and all round legend, being like, I don't know which one's which. Ayaka, <laughs> if you're listening, I'm James. I'm the one that you saw at Champions Cup. Um, I'm the one whose voice was like this when you met me last week. <laughs> I, uh, I'd never heard. Listening, please listen. <laughs> I'd never heard of Ayaka until like two weeks ago when she uh, was on one of Ben's streams. And she was trying to figure out what was going on because Ben obviously bigs us up on his uh, Twitch channel now where he's got all our branding and stuff. And she was like, I don't know which one is James and which one is Mark. And then I think compared one of us, possibly me, to sounding like Donald Duck. I was like... No, that was a reference to the fact that she had already written to us on Instagram, follow the social medias, by the way, at Ben's units on Instagram and Twitter, being <laughs> like, uh, I'm great at this. Uh, especially when I stop, pat myself on the uh, back. I thought, no, I thought uh, you said she messaged you to be like, I'm great at this. <laughs> she is great at what she does, but no, she messaged being like, for some reason she was like, which one is which? I don't I, I don't know who's who. Can either of you da- do a Daffy Duck impression? <laughs> like, if we both can, that gets you no clarity into who's who. <laughs> but I cannot. But anyway, so... Uh, as this was meant to go, I was about to say we're going to be looking back at Champions Cup. So this was going to be the part where I was going to be like, hi, Mark, how's it going? How did oh, right. you see Champions Cup from, from the outside? Yeah, I feel like we're past that, but thank you for the formal intro. No problem. Um, yeah, it obviously it feels like a long time ago already. It's only, is it Thursday today? It might be. Yeah. Um, so I think we recorded six days ago uh with you in your little bomb shelter um at the... the worst sound quality of all time i apologize everyone it was early and it was in a stairwell on my phone like <laughs> trying not to wake anyone up i i sent i sent anna the um soundbite that gets posted on the socials of us talking about whether you guys would beat Landil. And she, she messaged me back and she was like, I don't know if this is a 100% accurate answer from James as it doesn't sound like he's awake at this point. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I barely was, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but well, I, wasn't, saw, I wasn't far wrong. No, you weren't. Uh, we'll hit that game first because that was the big one of the kind of opening day that we... Well, there was two close games on the opening day. Um, and yeah, you guys took eventual tournament champions, spoiler alert, eventual tournament champions, RSV Landale, you guys took them to a, a two-point finish after being down eight points on two separate occasions and battling back to tie it up. Um, you were obviously the boots on the ground at this point. So, yeah, what was that like? Uh, man, as I said before the game, the way we play and the way we have played this season and last season, I do kind of think that we're able to get into a game and win a game against anyone if we play our cards right. And we did for long enough that I think a lot of people who weren't on our team and maybe some people involved were like, oh, well, we're actually we're actually still here because they, as you said, they took it away from us a couple of times. Like I came in the game at the end of the second quarter because... They had Jorge down as having four fouls, even though it was only three. Might have got pulled, even if it was three. Yeah. Um. So we had to change our lineup, and they kind of pulled it away by halftime. And I was thinking, oh man, have I been part of the run that completely <laughs> undid the game? Like, is that my my only contribution? But brought it back. They stretched it out again on account of being a really good basketball team, and we managed to bring it pretty close in the end. Um, maybe a couple of different things. A couple of things we might have done differently or maybe just a couple of plays that go differently if you play that game out 10 times and we might have been there thereabouts but a couple of shots that i'm sure people would want like would want back if you yeah. give them the chance but that's basketball man like that's 
that's how it happens. Like they're a really, really good, really deep team. Like it says a lot that you have like Intake are didn't play a whole doesn't play a whole lot in some games, plays a lot in some other games. Came in, played really well against us, hit two free throws to ice the game. Like you have that sort of quality coming off your bench. Like um that was they were a really, really good team, but it was great to be in it for so long and I'm just gutted because we came closer than anyone else to beating them in the whole tournament. And obviously there's five teams that didn't play them, but yeah. four teams that didn't play them. Um but you, know. you, sure, you definitely came closer than the teams that didn't even play them. For sure. Um some of them weren't even in the same hotel. <laughs> um yeah it was it was crazy. Um and I knew We'd spoken to Tom, obviously, like five or six days before the tournament started. I think we spoke to Tom last Monday. And Tom at that point mentioned their depth. And he, while I, it's not like I didn't believe him, I kind of take, I think that is generally just a thing that people say about good teams. Um, yeah. And then you see it when they play. And like you say, Sagard didn't play a huge amount against you guys, but kind of came and played his role. They stuck to their kind of, core a lot against you um and then it came to the game against the Lunion the day after and they were like hey we need size Sega you're on the bench for this one and we're just going to roll out Mosler and Michael Orprince who who didn't <laughs> insane like, yeah and that I don't think Mosler played against you guys at all no. um I don't know if I, I can't remember if Orprince played against you uh he's he like, did yeah he played in that first run in the end of the second quarter right. they were kind of running four bigs, getting man outs and sailing and having that guy bounding towards you and having a choice to make is, yeah. is an interesting decision. spot to be. And he played well when he played, man. Like he, he was big like, in the spoiler final. Alert, well. He iced the final. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was huge, uh, literally and figuratively. Um, it, but yeah, that kind of depth where they've got Sega, when we talk about the needing size to match up with a Lunion and they're still happy to sit in Sega on the bench for the entire game. It's kind yeah. of the combination of depth and the acceptance of roles. Um, it kind of reminded me of the Lakers um, to Lakers series last year where they played Houston and they'd had JaVale and Dwight starting for them all season kind of on and off. And then it got to playing a small team and they were like, right, bigs to the bench and stay. It's like, oh, okay. These guys who have very, very legitimate claims as starters or role players on good teams are just happy to sit this one out because they've got guys better suited for it yeah having like because a lot of teams will be like okay so we've got our starters and then we've got our three big unit or whatever but they've got starters then they've got the this big unit and then they've got this big unit with a little bit more outside you've got you've got a big unit that's like extends out to the elbow you've got like it's it's insane they've got obviously their starters they could press with, they have to play a one, but like they did okay, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny being like, hey, you could pick at this lineup, but obviously no one good enough because yeah. <laughs> they did all right. But yeah, that's, I kind of, I don't know if I said it last week or whatever, but like I believed genuinely that we could beat them. And I don't know if I sounded like I was just talking. Sleep. Yeah, have a sleep or blowing smoke because. Because you, you got to, yeah, yeah, but like we got really, really close, and then I don't know if I said that, like whoever comes from that's going to win the whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, man, they just looked really, really impressive through the whole tournament. But we were right there, as I say, like it was yeah. a, it was a, we had a shot to win it at the end of the game. Yeah, I think um, or to tie it. Sorry. Yeah, I think the difference. The, the reason that you guys were able to stick with them and Tom Smith actually messaged me during your guys' game, which um, only made an exciting fair even more delightful. But Tom was, oh, like, Gran, Tom was like, Gran Canaria's rotations are better than probably any German team that um, Landau have come up against because their only real rival is Thuringen who don't really rotate. They just chase, you, in, inside. chase you inside and tower over you. Um, and I think... Landil hadn't come up against the mobility of your guys, Biggs, in Jorge and Mendel, and the fact that those guys are both kind of big but agile enough to jump out and chase over screens and stuff. They were like, hey, this is 
this is usually the advantage that we have. What's like what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, like I don't know if people would have given us credit. Yeah, to exactly. say we like match up with them because we don't play the same style. Like they move a lot more on offense, and they're probably a little bit more more mobile. Over, mm, I don't know, maybe not, but um, obviously they put Steve, Tommy, and Brian on the floor at the same time. So like, yeah, but, but I don't know. Like we kind of figured out what they were. They kind of ran the same thing down the stretch a lot, and it was Mendel that said when I came on the floor, it was like, "Hey, when this happens, I'm going to do this thing without giving out any yeah. trade secrets." But like, it basically <laughs> was like, "This is the best way to stop it," and it's. It's true because they were running a lot of like they'd run pick and roll with Brian on our side, and then he'd he'd like just follow us down the middle. Yeah, if you jump over the top of it, or even like Tommy was really really good at that. That's something I kind of didn't know was as much his game until this week, where he'd do this. It, like he'd do a lot of like he'd be in the middle, come over the come off the pick, going high. Chris Hooper would cut through the middle and he just like take one dribble into the elbow and post it yeah. or just shoot it quick. Like he had that real quick, like bounced up into his pocket, lets it go, yeah. which is like Steve obviously has that in the locker too. And yeah. like, that means like their guards are able to pull that out, which is really impressive. And then yeah. watch it, watching Thomas on some of those short post-ups is like, if you watch a DeMar DeRozan highlight reel in fast forward, cause it's like ball comes up and then it's like eight miniature pump fakes until he shoots it. Yeah. Like the king of like, uh, that's a pretty good look to force him into. Ah, no, yeah, it's no not way. if he's gonna make. It's not yeah. if he like makes that for, like, yeah, in his sleep. Right. Um, other game that was a big deal on day one. We will, with all due respect, skip over uh, Thuring and Rodden because we talked to Tom about that, and it was a repeat of the same things that we talked about. And Ilunion versus Porto Torres was nothing to write home about. Let's put it that way. Um, so yeah, Bilbao and Albacete in the uh, quarterfinal. I think that was the only time the two Spanish two Spanish teams ran into each other until then the final day. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that. We will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bilbao seventy nine, Albacete seventy seven in overtime of all things. Uh, that this one was nuts. I. I assume you watched this from the comfort of your hotel room. Yes, on account of not being able to cross the road to watch the games, which is fair for COVID yeah. reasons, probably. Yeah, yeah. But it was very strange. Like, it was ac- across the road. Yeah. Completely. Not even not even exaggerating. But yeah, um, we all watched that. That was a lot of fun, man. Like, being able to sort of sit and watch those games and talk about them and just sure. yell. You can hear other teams yelling from in the hotel watching him. <laughs> so, yeah, it was cool, man. Um, what a game, though. Yeah, it was nuts. I Lee fouled out with about four minutes left in yeah. regulation, at least. Um, and yeah, Ben came in for... Ben had been kind of up and down earlier in the game because of Bilbao's size. Um, yeah. And Ben came in for Lee and they just accepted playing under points and... Ben really pushed them into overtime um, with some defensive stuff and then got a big and one at one point. Um, yeah. Yeah, I kind of watched that one in the heat at the moment. I feel like I remember the last run going into overtime more than I remember the overtime period, but Bilbao being Bilbao just kind of ground it, ground it to yeah. death until they pull out a win. Yeah, that was the game that Asier missed a good chunk for files as well, right? Yeah, he fouled out in the overtime, I think. Yeah, so that was on Jordy for a yeah. large part of the game to kind of try and run the team. And it's like there are certain squads that having a second guy step up is fine. But like considering that team is at the air has the keys, this is how we run the, this is how we run our offense based on where this guy likes to be and where he likes to pass to and what he sees and how he thinks about basketball. Like someone filing out and having to hand the keys over to someone else who doesn't play the same way and isn't as tall and is yeah. a two five rather than a four. Like that was, that was really impressive to see, man. And as you say, it was kind of, I thought, okay, Albacete are in this. Okay. Maybe it's been like, okay. Albacete. Okay. I see here though. Albacete, you're going to pull away now. Okay. Yeah. Lee's out. Maybe not like, yeah. 
I don't know, man. It was that's such a good game of basketball. If anyone, if anyone hasn't seen it, but just like it was basketball, the game of runs. I want to say personified, but not a person, so it's not personified. <laughs> like you know what I mean. That that's yeah. it. Like distilled. Yeah, is a good that's word a, for it. That's but it's, exactly it. Yeah, it was complete momentum, man. And Alba said he just kind of ran out, ran yeah. out of steam last. It's yeah, thing, like who has the who had the last run in a tight game? Yeah, I think um, it was interesting to see because it was like I think you could even say about you guys versus Landil uh, going back to that game. Although, like you say, they might have come in not giving you guys full credit and thinking they had a talent advantage. The first quarter of a Euroleague game between two teams from different um, different domestic leagues is always kind of a feeling out process and you see yeah. see quite a lot of the early games where it's something like i don't know 13 10 at the end of the first quarter because neither team's quite got their legs under them yeah. um but the the albacete bill bad thing they've obviously played each other twice already so it was like hitting the ground running from minute one and then, like I say, kind of burnout plus an extra five minutes because they both. It was the equivalent of watching the kind of NBA finals when it gets to game six, and you're like, "Oh, these te- these teams already know each other, and neither's got any tricks up the sleeve at this point." Yeah, like I was talking to uh, one of the Elvis Heady boys. I think it was Ben, actually. Um, and I was just—it's funny the difference with. Like the difference between us playing Landell and them playing Bilbao was like us with Landell being like, so we've seen in the videos that what they like to do is this and blah, 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 blah. But I was talking to Ben and I was like, what's the plan? And he was like, here it is. Like, so the last three times we've played them, what happened is like, it's like, yeah, it's just, you have so much more information to go on. And also there's a real thing of like, everyone who's played basketball, he's been like, okay, so the game plan is this guy likes to do this. So if we just stop him doing this thing, will be fine and then you play it and it's like oh no he he knows that like yeah. of course <laughs> yeah like of Co- course he knows how to get around that because every team thinks they're the first team to stop him trying to do that yeah it's like this guy has a counter which means it's really hard to it's of course um, yeah. um but if you know a team well and you know what they're going to try and do and you know their counters for like that's the thing like you play against Bilbao they know what you're going to try and stop as well yeah. so it's just interesting to hear them be like, okay, so this is the idea. But the one thing that changed was we were talking about the junior point made a difference. Like, yeah, for for Bilbao, they couldn't run four bigs. So they started with, as we guessed, Jordy instead of John in the bigs lineup. Yeah. So they ran three bigs, Jordy, Yannick, which was still unbelievable, obviously. Yeah, but... they, they did all right. And we'll get to the, um, we'll get to the junior point thing probably in a little bit because I think there's a potentially a greater point to be made about it when you look at how the final standings shook out. Yes. Um there might be. So yeah, we'll um we'll skip through a couple of it unless you particularly want to hit on your game against Porto Torres. Um no first time I've ever played against Sofian Mayawi and he's one of those like I know he's quick and then you get on court and he takes push you're like oh no <laughs> like first time you're beside him you're like oh okay I am no longer with this guy yeah. hey I'm jumping 23 oh no I've not got him like but <laughs> yeah like he like he doesn't have a whole lot around him which is tough but yeah it was cool we kind of ran some weird lineups and put like put people in and out and give people the keys at different points, like we ran some weird lineups and there was a point that we were like, hey, Rose, here's the ball, do everything. Yeah. And that's so much fun. And yeah. Yeah. But so, no, not a whole lot to say. Un- but. Unre- unremarkable win there, I think. Um, ditto. I would say so. I don't really know how it was them over Cantu or whoever that ended up it's, um, coming. It's all the, all of the um, IWBF historical point build-up stuff. So it's because Porto Torres have made more Champs Cups recently than Cantu have. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, Albacete beat Raden in the other game to get the fifth and sixth. And then at this point, we got into the semifinals, which were Bilbao Thuringen, who we've not really talked about Thuringen yet. So let's jump into that because we've just um, extolled the values of Bilbao, but it turned out 
they weren't quite up for that particular challenge as we saw. Yes, they were Tokyo and Vahid was Godzilla um, yeah. for large parts <laughs> of that game. I He's taken such a step and I don't know whether it's he had it in him but wasn't required to do it in the last couple of years, obviously. Yeah. good had a lot of talent in the form of Matt Scott and Jake Williams on their team and I don't know whether it was just something that he wasn't required to do but man I've never seen him play as well as he did particularly in that game yeah there's a, all over the place man there's apparently because I I kind of knew who he was when he signed at Thuringen he because I'd been when I went out to visit Harry and Elvisetti one time he Vahid was at Getafe who we I stayed and watched that game and he was good then so I think he was at Getafe for like three or four years and then dropped off the radar for a year and apparently he was in Turkey and he completely like single-handedly demolished the Turkish league for a year before um, coming back to Thuringen. So I think there's probably an argument he's always, he's had it in him for a while at least and has just been asked to step up this year and has apparently done so. Yeah, amazing. Like, it was absolutely class, obviously. That's not their whole team. Like, Haluski's just... Yeah. Haluski's so clinical, man. Like, yeah, he yeah. had, like, good games and bad games, but it's just, like, share skills are sharp shooting's unbelievable the way he handles the ball it's very like you can tell he's obviously had a ball in his hand his whole yeah. life he's got that thing that able-bodied like guards and wings who then come to the wheelchair game and are tall enough to be centers and forwards yeah, yeah exactly um uh, like he's got that thing where he's just like oh you you're way smaller than me this is this is fine like yeah. unless you're like unless you can jump he's open like yeah i think um Haluski is almost like wheelchair basketballs. I don't know um, how the fact that, like you say, he's a guard and has all his basketball skills from playing the able body game. And then it's kind of the perfect personality fusion of being a Russian. I think, is he Russian or Ukrainian? Belarusian. Belarusian, that's the one. Um, like, German, no. Like, has yeah, German, well, he's German national, yeah. but yeah. But, um, Russian, I believe. Originally, kind of um, Soviet. And then landed in Germany, and they're like, "Hey, learn to use this thing effectively." He's <laughs> like, "Yes, sir." And he it's turned him into like the it's the equivalent of the cap. It's like the reverse engineering of the Captain America thing, where they find the little <laughs> the little weedy guy with the um with the good heart, and they give him the serum that turns him into like a super soldier. They basically <laughs> found found the guy in the super soldier body and just weaponized him. Um, and apparently, yeah. he's real. No, Alex is really nice as well. Is he? From Fair. everyone I've ever heard, so he he's got the he's got the good bit. Fair um, yeah, no, that's yeah, he he's not man. Like because yeah. you see so many like able body players that are like man, if they could only move their chair, he's like yeah, yeah gotcha. no problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, real yeah, good. I think um, Thuringen's bigs were like the story against the at least their first two games because Vahid was kind of unstoppable and Haluski is so. Um, kind of metronomically destructive that you just you expect what you get out of him and then anything Vahid throws in is kind of on top of that I think their bigs were enough to just get them past Bilbao in terms of size and physicality um, and as we saw I think Thuringen's guard rotation turned out to be a little bit shaky even though they brought in Joachim Linden just to play Champions Cup which we had, I didn't know about at least when we um, spoke about it on Friday. No, I think I'd seen it by Friday, but forgotten about it. It was very last minute, but that kind of says something if yeah. you're reinforcing. Like, he, he was good. Like, he was pretty good all tournament, but if you're reinforcing your guard rotation with someone who hasn't played for five years yeah, <laughs> the week before Champions Cup, like, that might say a little bit. And, like, it was weird because you saw that even, like, Ian Pearson played a lot in their first game, and then I don't think he really played game two or game three. And I don't know if there's anything like if he like got hurt or got sick or yeah. or whether it was just like a coach's thing or I have no idea. So yeah, I and, think like obviously I if I'm just wrong, if something yeah. actually happened, I apologize. But like that was that was interesting. But I think their size there's a weird thing of like see how much their size can affect Bilbao. And then also see how much their size means that Bilbao's size doesn't affect them. Like, because yeah. Bilbao overwhelmed teams by having like 
Paso and Manu and Asia getting inside. And it's just, it's not how much bigger can you be to punish them on one end? It's how much does it not yeah. matter that they're big on the defensive end of the floor? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I thought um, Bilbao, I gave them some credit going because I thought that Thuringen just kind of play with fury and speed and kind of disruptiveness. And I thought Bilbao might be clinical enough to kind of counteract that in their own ways. But like you say, when the clinical nature of how Bilbao play is kind of let's take it slow and steady and we'll get inside on them. The yeah. whole getting inside on is not really the end goal against Thuringen. Um, yeah. yeah, so Thuringen kind of just took that game away by it. I think it was a real knock to Bilbao's pride because they looked very, very unimpressed by the end of the game. Yeah, they were... I don't know, like I've seen that happen a couple of times with them where it's like, if you're, as long as they're close, they stick they're with it. Still pretty dangerous and yeah. they'll stick with it. But then it's like I've seen them get blown out and just stop playing. Yeah. That's well, not to say that that's necessarily the worst thing in the, in the worst thing in the world. And it, it's not like they're the only team that gets upset when they get blown out. But like, man, it looked pretty rough by the end yeah. of it, which is not like that doesn't look very good and in theory in a cup losing by two and losing by a hundred don't yeah, really that, that, seem that different, is also but, true yeah but it certainly um, feels different when you have to play game the day after man like yeah you'd think I think it's there's something to be said for trying to salvage some you know even if it's as um, as the ring and kind of ease up in the fourth quarter I think there's something to be said for just getting some momentum back in those last five minutes so that you don't go into the next day on a complete drop-off. Yeah. But yeah. So at that, that stage, you've still got a bronze to play for, so you want to feel okay about it. Obviously, there's pulling your starters so that they feel physically okay. But like, if you're not going to, like, they kind of had their their guys on the floor near the end of the game. So yeah, definitely. You they don't want to get into a place that like the last thing they did it's like you don't have a terrible training session on Friday before you play on a Saturday. Like yeah. you want to do the right things throughout the game, whether you get blown out or not, so that you feel okay by the time you get to sure. the bronze game. Quick, quick Bilbao question before we move on. As we both know, and anyone who might have listened to the Mendel podcast knows, David Maurice's mouth is a source of great amusement to you and me to a slightly well, lesser extent. Not, not amusement. I just think I just think every so often it looks kind of small. Fair. What did you say? It's a weird thing. This is the sort of stuff that the more people that listen to this, I'm going to have to stop saying. <laughs> so, what did you think of his little um, Jafar look that he had going on? I think it's cool, man. I think you, you like do whatever you want with your face. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's cool. Um, I, 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 wasn't, some... I wasn't against it, but Amy came around to watch the Bill Thuringen game and when David Marie subbed in, she was like, oh my God, what's he done? I was like, I didn't think it was that bad, but if you can't even hold in your reaction, apparently it is. Yeah, I'd, I'd seen it a couple of times, to be fair, all around. Oh, so maybe right, okay, just, that, maybe that's the first time I've seen for it. it. But yeah, um, nah, do whatever you want, man. I think if you're I think if you're pretty bold up top, having something going on is, is a good move. Yeah, that's um, fine. I can't really talk at the moment because my hair's like a little tennis ball right now. So yes. yeah, fair yes, enough. Um, yeah, that that's that's a funny thing to be like. Hey, anything that we have ever said bad about someone in that regard is with a full acknowledgement that we think we look stupid too. <laughs> um, right? But, yeah. Sure. Um, talking sure. about people who look stupid. I don't know where we're going next. That <laughs> might be a fun transition. What's next? Talking about people who look stupid. Ikani um, against. No, <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, there's no transition there. So the other semi-final was Landil and Ilunion, and as we've already spoiled, Landil made it to the final. So you can all guess how this one turned out. Um, yeah, Ilunion yeah. are good and balanced, and have been getting gradually better all year, I think. And ultimately, none of that mattered against a team with such a mobility advantage versus them. Yeah, that was the thing, because if you look at the two main, not even lineups, because there are slight changes within it, but the two main configurations that Alunion run, where it's either Greg, Warburton, Jake Williams, Amadou, 
Pablo and Bill. I love how I was like surname, surname. Nah. Um, <laughs> we're all friends here. Um, uh, that's funny. I only know like two of those guys. But, um, so they either run that or they go Terry and Sarah in for um, Greg and Jake. Yeah. So they either go guard, guard, three quick forwards or four big and yeah. one. Um, so that's kind of, and like neither of them, those lineups felt like, you know, you'd expect if you went all guards, you'd be quicker than who, who you were playing. Or if you went all bigs, you'd be punishing them inside. But I feel like Landil have a combination of both, regardless of what lineup they run, that it kind of doesn't matter. Like yeah. they'll run a four big lineup and Brian might be still the quickest person. Yeah. In the four. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that makes a difference. The versatility, not to make changes, but the versatility to do different things regardless of who you have on the floor was yeah. what I think made the difference here. Um, so they start, Alunian start the Greg, Jake, Pablo, Amadou, Bill lineup now. Yeah. And then they bring the Terry lineup in end of the first or start of the second. And I think that's a tough, that's a tough look for Terry if he comes in and has to kind of run everything the way he's been doing for years, but doesn't really get the chance to play his way into it. Like he's getting on the floor with a couple of guys that have already been on the floor playing against a team that have been running for 10 minutes. And it's a tough look where it's like, come on the floor, put shots up. If they don't go in, get hooked again. Yeah. But didn't go yeah. well for him. I think, um, I think you protect just between those two teams. I think you, see the advantage that Landil have in being able to cycle lineups kind of one or two subs at a time with more continuity in play style. Whereas the, when the Terry and um, Sarah lineup comes in, they take both their guys who've been running the show in Jake and Greg, they take them off the floor. So there's no release valve to run the offense while Terry gets going. And yeah, it and feel, you because... have to immediately stick one of the other threes or Bill out in the wing on the other side of the yeah. floor, which is tough when you've been playing on the block for 10 minutes. Yeah, and um, I think in this game, we spoke about the Mosler and or Prince lineup coming into kind of battle size with size. You forget about it because neither of us watch the German league particularly religiously and he's kind of on and off the bench in certain matchups, but Mosler is awesome. <laughs> it, Unbelievable. Like, man. He could get he could be on any team other than Landil and he would get 30 a game, no like no question. Yeah man. It's ridiculous. Um but yeah he just kind of he's like the ultimate mercenary game by game. He's just like oh the, this matchup suits me. Let me let me come in and do my thing. And then if another matchup doesn't suit me, don't worry about it. I'll chill over here. Yeah. But it must be like, must be a good teammate. Cause like, there's probably something to be said for like being that good and not playing a whole lot. Sometimes being hard yeah. for some guys, I would say, I don't maybe, know. Maybe I, that's I'm the not advantage. Good and I, I'm not good. And I do play. So I don't really <laughs> know how to reconcile that. Maybe that's the advantage of um, like Polish and Eastern European guys. If you get them who are good enough to play, but they don't, maybe they just sit in like stoic silence on the bench rather than actively kicking up a fuss. Yeah. But that that's just a theory. That's not based on anything. Um, yeah, so Landil won this game. I think it was, I'll grab the scores here, 61-76. So it was a pretty comfortable win um, for Landil, considering that they'd had a close one beforehand. So I think that takes us on to final day. Final Porto, day. Porto Torres and Radon, anything to add? Um. Nice win by Radin. Yeah. Tom played well. Yeah. Bottom of the tournament was very clearly like it was fairly obvious from like one minute of watching each of those teams. Yeah. Who was better out of the two. Um, I had a really weird moment where it's like, yeah, obviously you play Albacete and you've got like Gasly, Kyle, Ben, Harry. Um, You go to Alunia and you've got Greg, Terry. And then it's weird being like, oh, that team has a loaded like British guys on it too, and GB yeah. guys. It's like Tom, Pete, and Callum Batum's there, Jake Robinson's there. Like it's yeah, 
it's like oh yeah he plays for them like that was yeah. fun yeah, um it was and it's super weird that like i was at a tournament with or like that's four people that i know and i didn't see them at all they were in the other hotel yeah. and you weren't allowed to like you, there was a door cracked open where you went to go for your COVID test that you could see from like the corner of the court so you could see like maybe a third of it um yeah. so they were playing that game when i was getting COVID test in the last yeah. day so that's as much as i saw of them after like i spent a full year and that or two years in sheffield with pete and tom at least um and then just hadn't seen them in so long and have seen them through like a crack in a door <laughs> it's super, like yeah, that, it's, that's it's my weird. comment on that that's super weird but yeah yeah they play some good stuff man it's good to see like those guys at champions cup yeah and i think Kuzak run like running some stuff and yeah still being sure. silky smooth and cool and yeah you know. and I, I think um i think you you said about these guys being the um being kind of the bottom of the tournament was relatively clear to anyone who was watching from the outset but i think there's an argument to be made that Rodden, as the seventh place finishing team, were a damn sight closer to being um, sixth than they were than eighth. Oh yeah, is, no, that's what I mean. I mean, yeah. out of those two teams, like Rodden were very clearly, oh right, okay, actual yeah. high quality basketball team that have won games and played well yeah. against good teams in a good league. And yeah, yeah. no, cool. I, I, I was going to say no disrespect to Porto Torres, but I feel like I. You can't be like, hey, no offense, and then be offensive. Hey, like, hey, no, no offense, but we didn't think you guys were going to be very good, and you weren't. Um, right, should we move on to your guys' final game, which was a clash? Or, well, this was kind of the third game in what had been a tied series up to this point against Albacete in the Spanish League. So, do you want to talk us through what happened here? Um. Yeah, so started off pretty close early. We took a little minute to get going, um, and I feel like we were stopping what we wanted to stop on defense most of the time, rotating well, kind of going where we wanted to go. Um, then, obviously, second quarter, and Lee was in a bit of foul trouble, so they put Ben in, which, like, two good players, two very different players um, that kind of changed how we were looking at defending things because... Like, obviously, Lee being a foot taller than Ben in his chair does make a difference in terms of where you're not wanting certain people to end yeah. up or not. Like, there's just a thing of there's seven or eight wheelchair basketball players in the world that it's like, hey, if they get a layup, it doesn't matter if they miss it. Like, it's two yeah. points eventually. Like, if you're talking about if you put their shot percentage down to, like, amount of times you scored when you, like, finished a possession. You know what I mean? Like, finishing a possession, that's, like, that's 100%. Um, but so we had a good run in there where we started like kept doing what we wanted to do on offense and we were able to get some stops on defense. Um, sure. I would say our mobility kind of made a difference. And then third quarter, we just had a drop off at some point, like whether it's fatigue after a three day tournament or concentration or just whatever it was, whether it was experience or sometimes you just play badly for a minute, but it was yeah. just a little longer than it needed to be because there was a point that we were, we were up seven middle of the third and they weren't particularly hurting us on the other end of the floor. And we had a chance to kind of stretch it out. And by the end of the run that I think we could have stretched it out to somewhere in the teens, we were only up four. So like they won yeah. a run that we absolutely I think could have or yeah, should have, for sure. um, and then then it was a game, and down the end of the game they've got some they've got some killers, man. Like yeah, Gazel Gazel get you with some tough ones. Lee obviously getting inside, um, Alejandro massive following the seals and Kyle kind of swinging the ball and facilitating it. Um, yeah, like if you're, if you're in a game with someone of that quality, it's the thing of what you were talking about, about the Spanish league. And it kind of came up here where it's like, if it's close down the end, like one of the good teams will be good yeah. for a, a certain stretch that one of the other teams might dip in and then you lose a basketball game. Like by the end, it wasn't even, it wasn't even close. 
Yeah. Like uh, it was close hit, but you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, yeah. no, it wasn't okay. like we beat them by one. Like, it's not like, like it didn't even go down to the, it didn't even go down the stretch in the end, really. Yeah. But they just kind of took it away from us, whether we had another like little lull or not. Yeah. I don't quite remember. I've watched it three times and I watched it once live, watched it twice since then, but they just kind of, they just took it away from us at the end or we gave it to them in the end. I don't know which, but yeah, I think um, we spoke to Gaz, obviously on the previous iteration of the podcast before we went out on our own, but Gaz kind of let us into their thinking a little bit how I think you watch Albacete for big portions of games and Gaz kind of plays the Chris Paul role to some extent where they spend like 35 minutes of a, even in a close game, they spend 35 minutes looking for their ceiling in terms of getting everybody involved and like Gaz setting Kyle up, for example, or uh, getting the most out of Harry and Ben when those guys come in. Um, yeah. And I think Albacete are really dangerous last five minutes when they close, be it close, they're kind of like, okay, we'll stop looking for the ceiling at this point and we'll just, we've got the single safest play that just about anyone has in kind of a gas pick and roll with one of the bigs you mentioned. Like it might yeah. not be, it might not be the single most effective play by play offense to run from start to finish of any given game, but it's not a bad fallback plan. And I think we kind of saw that when they were, I think they got two and ones off the, off the same play once Gaz with Alejandro, then Gaz with Lee, and then Gaz got an open shot as a result on the next play. And that was just kind of the run there. And yeah, I think potentially you guys just didn't have the have the firepower to match what they're able to do if they really want to get um, simple with their offense and just go for the best play-by-play every time. Yeah, like as you say, I don't like yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of smart basketball players on that team, and you they get down the stretch, and it's like, okay, we'll run. We'll like there's no we'll get down the floor and we'll end up where we end up. It's like okay, we're gonna look for this. Yeah, this is what we want because we have 35 minutes of information on how they're going to defend it, and obviously you have two seasons of knowing what we're gonna yeah what we're gonna try. You would think, um, unless we bring out any surprises, but. You know what I mean? By then, you kind of know what we're trying, and you you know that because you can either you'll either have Kyle as a shooter down the middle, or Gaz being a pick and roll ball handler and a bigger guy like a yeah. four. He knows that worst case, a couple of times he like come off the pick, we'd triple down, um, we'd rotate out of there pretty quickly to shut down anything from the middle, and he'd kind of be like, uh, okay, I'm gonna pull this and. Yeah, a couple of hand ones just even like I've noticed with me like I'll triple down onto him sometimes and then be like oh cool no problem like yeah. thanks we'll and that, that makes a difference like yeah. he knows that he can make tough ones if he has to as well and if you sell out on that too much they've got two giants getting layups and as I said them like even if you sort of make the first one a little tough if they're able to follow it up game yeah. over and it was so yeah I just think they were able to keep pushing and keep getting quality on both ends of the floor. And we kind of slowed down at the yeah. wrong time. Yeah. I think it was a, it was a kind of, t- I think it's the case of a lot of Albacete games, but there's kind of tortoise and the hair feel to a lot of them where, you know, teams get out in front and they kind of reel them back in one way yeah. or another. Um, but yeah, that gives, that means your guys record against each other this year is two to them and one to you guys. So, be interesting to see if you bump into each other again at Copper Del Rey, which I don't know if there's a schedule out for or if that's possible. There is there is no draw or schedule yet. Right. I imagine I imagine it to be possible um, because I think the only way they seed it is the two sides of the draw, whoever comes first and whoever comes second. And Bill Bauer kind of running away with the league at this stage and us and Albacete can't both be second. So in theory... Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we could end up we could end up there. Um yeah. it's funny coming away from losing that game and being like, Man, we want another one. Like you don't yeah, you don't want to go to Copa del Rey and like end up with the seventh and eighth team on the way to the final, even though you could in theory. Yeah. Like no, you kinda wanna you kinda wanna beat everyone. 
yeah, it's about the um, although it's strictly a results driven thing, you kind of want to savor the process on the way there rather than just being like, hey, free pass to the final. Yeah, because like there's been Copa del Rey finals before where like one of the not big teams has made it, and the team and like the team that like Alunion played Gran Canaria in a oh, Copa yeah. del Rey final a couple of years ago, and I don't know if people Terry were, has. 45 that game i think 41 Pro- something like. probably yeah um and like you just you know you'd hate to get all the way and it'd be a weird one and people yeah. be like mm, shut For up sure. like they all kind of like i'm not i'm yeah. not saying they don't i'm saying that people say they don't it's yeah, like, yeah. No, i get it cool. <laughs> shall we jump to the other um all spanish affair that went down on the final day then because yes. i think this might be the record for the most points I've ever seen in a Champions Cup game combined. Um, so Bilbao seventy-one, Illunion ninety-five. Man, that was that was fun. That was Illunion love their ninety-point games this year. <laughs> as yes, you, they do. As Man, you well they know. can score. Um, so this game was a lot of Greg and Jake, and they ran some yeah. other lineups. Um, and yeah, Greg went nuts for a brief period, and I don't know. It's partly because he's my friend and I like to see him winning. But like, I don't know if there's many other players that I enjoy watching go nuts more than Greg yeah. because it's just like wow, for mid-range, knocking, knocking yeah. mid-range shots down and then he starts just going into his bag of like little pick and roll operator tricks and pulling weird stuff. And like he murdered Hasso with that fake and then he... Sent Yannick so far that I thought he would have had to get a COVID test to travel that far. <laughs> like he just started murdering people. Like Greg was out for blood, and yeah, yeah it's a lot it, of fun. It's cool. It's cool to see, man, because uh, we obviously know him well enough, or have played and trained with him enough to know what he's about. As I think, does anyone watching wheelchair basketball regularly? But I think Greg kind of, for me at least, hit kind of a high point in the. The year where he was back at Oldham, followed by the Worlds, followed by probably the first half to three quarters of the first season at Madiba. Yeah, and I he think was pretty good all the way through that season. Like, but yeah. in terms of the absolute uh, okay. peak, obviously fair, it slowed down. Fair a enough. Bit. Maybe Madiba dropped off a little bit at the end of that year, and I associate yeah. that unfairly. Um, but yeah, I think there's a case we made. Kind of the second season of Madiba, we covered this talking to Ben one time, but just nothing went right. I don't think you can yeah, lay, lay that at Greg's feet by any stretch. And then the whole Illunion thing has been very much a feeling out process on all sides. And I don't think any. I don't think Illunion have had a game where really everybody's fired on all cylinders, um, with the exception of maybe when they had ninety against you guys and you had ninety six. If you can yes. des- describe that as all cylinders, I don't know. Yes, <laughs> certainly, we had so, more cylinders than them. So, I don't so know like, how cylinders work. I don't even know what this metaphor is based on. Is it an engine metaphor? Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it's um, it was cool that following all that stuff, this almost felt like the most vintage Greg game for a long time, and it just happened to come out in the bronze medal game of a Champions Cup is pretty mad right. against, against the team he's seen so many times as well. Um, and he was just like, right, I'm going to have them this time. Let's do it. Yeah, it's as if, if you describe the feeling I process, as if he was like, okay, um line up for the game okay the ball goes up and he's like okay, okay got it figured it out <laughs> don't worry guys yeah because um, like, he's had like some good games this season as well like he's had a lot of good games this season and it's just i imagine the changing of roles must be weird and difficult yeah yeah, yeah for sure it's just so cool to see him be like yeah got it no problem yeah because like he does start like he does start doing some cool stuff when he hits a couple of shots which i love like i love players that are like you can okay. see they're having uh, a great time. Uh, I've leveled up. <laughs> let's yeah. Let's see yeah, how far yeah. I can push this. Um, so yeah, Illunion win that game and take home the bronze. So congratulations to them, as we said at the time. Shall we hit the final? An all nah, German affair. Uh, yeah, um, let's do it. So we had a fun viewing experience of that game. So we'd finished our tournament, went back, got changed did all that stuff, had our dinner, and then the two teams 
like each team had like their own meeting room for dinners and you were able to rent a projector and do whatever. So tournament was over, everyone was chilling a little bit and our team and Albacete went half hours on a projector to watch the game. Um, so that was a lot of fun. So we had some food and a couple of drinks, whatever. That's cool. And just sat and nice and safely watched the game. And it was really, really fun because obviously there's a lot of guys that I hadn't seen in a very long time and just having a collective experience watching wheelchair basketball was quite cool because it's not lost on me that I was able to do that because I went to a tournament for a kid's game. Yeah. Um, COVID tested me five times so that I was able to feel safe sitting in a room full of people watching a basketball game. Like yeah. that was, that felt quite cool and quite special, but also it was just a lot of fun to sit and watch a game and talk, yeah. talk a lot of nonsense with people because that's one of the fun parts of all of this, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, we alluded to it kind of right off the bat, which maybe we shouldn't have done, but it was a Landil win over Thuringen, which is particularly interesting considering there's going to be two more German Cup games um, the fi- in the finals between those two. So Landil get this one by four. Um, they had some like we mentioned about Michael Orprince kind of came out of nowhere and carried it away in the last quarter or so. Um, Serio stepped up right at the end, getting a huge basket and then stealing the inbound pass. Um, I won't go so far as to compare Serio to TJ McConnell at this point, but um, <laughs> I dare you. Yeah. Disrespectful. Um, so yeah, uh, Landil got this one. It was, I think as close as we could have expected realistically. And I think we saw in this game with Thuringen's guards, they just wildly cycled through kind of Beanek, Jens, Ian, Joachim, uh, Helen got some run briefly. That little, the Latvian one point have played a lot as well and actually played really well. Uh, who yeah, I, he was I, a good man. I've barely seen this year, but he's a good player. Um, and I think it was for all Thuringen's strength in kind of size and physicality, it was Landil's guards who took it away as it kind of has been all season by the looks of things. Yeah. Like I posted on our Instagram, a bit of a poll of like, who you think was the MVP just to see what people said. And there was a lot of shouts for Tommy, but I was kind of in the camp of, Tommy and Steve were both great all tournament. And then in the last minute, Steve stole an inbound pass yeah. and got filed in like a two-point game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're looking for a difference maker, it's like, okay, we have the ball. They're within one possession. Okay, they have the ball. And we're in, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's literally just, you just flipped it. Like I don't know, don't know exactly how win percentages work based on like, Probability, you know, probability of winning a basketball game, but I'd say you have the ball, minute left, down. Was it two at that stage? Yes. Um, yeah. So like, th- yeah, Thuringen were inbounding down two because Serio just made the shot from the elbow. That's what and I mean. Then, like Serio hits a shot, you're down to minute ish to go. Like you still have like somewhere double figures percentage of winning this game. Like yeah, like definitely. it it'll be below fifty, but like it's it's up there, and then it plummets massively yeah. the second that he gets that steal so like if that's not a difference maker i don't know what is like that's that's not value to winning a game yeah what are we doing here yeah but, you, you would uh, have to look long and hard for a definition of value that didn't cover that in one abstraction or another insane like yeah. unbelievable stuff like to come back and join this team after so many years away and do that on the biggest stage of all in such a get like unbelievable stuff yeah. man. absolutely brilliant proof definitive proof that you can be great despite a receding hairline it's, it's not i don't think it's going anywhere i think it's fine uh, a little bit anyway uh, maybe, yeah, maybe maybe my hair's going in the same way and i'm like it's fine oh, don't worry well <laughs> all i've done this podcast apparently is criticize people's hair and facial hair um no problem so that's all the games talked through obviously congratulations to landale um not that they need validation from us, obviously, but shall we? The last kind of couple no. of things we mentioned, we no, got about they're listening. Yeah, we uh, got about ten minutes. Couple of things to talk briefly. Should we run through our all star five very quickly? 
I posted this on our Instagram account. I don't know if you have any disagreements with it at this point. No, I thought it was pretty good. Um, so we went Vahid, Steve, Tommy, um, Jake, Jake and Yannick. Yeah, I got yeah, um, I got some um, got some messages of abuse. One of which being from Anna, who said Rose should have made it, which. I didn't disagree with, but I had a hard time taking anybody from the top four teams off of there. Um, yeah. What and- I would say is I forgot to say in our game against Albacete, Rose had 19 and it felt like all of them were in about four seconds. Yeah. <laughs> like at, at one point when she was on a, on a run and was it the third? I think it was the third. Yeah. Um, maybe fourth, like early fourth. Um, I turned to someone on our bench and I was like, why does it feel like Rose is going to have 60 by the end of this game? <laughs> like we're going to come off and it's going to be like, how many did you have? Uh, like 24 ish. Oh, oh, wait, no, it was 60. My bad. Yeah. Like, but yeah, 19 sure. in the end. Yeah. R- Rose was awesome. Um, but as, obviously pretty good in there if we're talking twos yeah i think yeah. i think probably the stiffest competition for a lot of the all-star five spots was probably among teammates at various positions yeah. which is weird but um yeah i did the only reason i didn't include rose was because we both lived through the time that um we finished above grand canary at euro cup and the jeep got the all-star nod ahead of you and i did, remembered how um how not cool everyone was with that so I learned my lesson. You don't um, you don't replace guys from higher seeds if you can help it. Nah, what a man. But, um, but, so, yeah. last talking point, I guess. Um, I think the German teams reveled in this a little bit um, because Spain has been, I think, accepted everywhere as the best league in, if not Europe, uh, in the world this year. Um and yeah, uh, the Spanish teams obviously filled up the middle of the standings, uh, seeds three through to six. And it's probably representative of where the leagues are at because the Spanish league is no question the deepest. Um, and the German teams turned out to be top of the pile, even when dropped in with the Spanish teams. Um, so I guess this raises the question of how valuable is the Spanish league junior point and is it potentially hindering the Spanish teams when they come up against teams who don't rely on that? Um, yeah, well, in theory, like it is, but I guess it's on each team to kind of figure out lineups that yeah. don't. But obviously, you can't blame teams for snagging an extra point in the no, league. No, no. But you like everyone knows that this is a factor. Yeah. So obviously, some teams aren't financially able to plan for both. Like you can't have an extra four players that will play more in Euro Cup most of the time. Some teams yeah. can probably afford it. But like I we came away from that on our team where like we thought about that immediately. Like, okay, two German teams in the final, are we all gonna look like bums? And <laughs> we were like, yeah, maybe that's a thing. We might know it. And then I spoke to some of the other guys on the other teams to be like, is this a thing? And they were like, oh yeah, definitely. Like we're also saying the exact same thing. So like, we're all aware of the fact that it looks a certain way to us. Yeah. So, and to other teams. So sure. it's tough because yeah. I do think we have, as you say, like greater quantity of quality. Oh yeah. Like, yeah no, but, no question. No question. Like even um, you look at like some of the, like top two teams were German and then seventh. Yeah, and like, and Raden were the third best team in Germany, right? So you got you literally have four teams that would be at least the third best team in Germany. Yeah, and you look at like Madiba didn't yeah. come to this tournament. Like I think Madiba beat beat Raden quite. Oh yeah, I, handily, I would like. I would even say there's an argument that somebody like Burgos beat Raden. Um, Maybe, but yeah, I that's, think uh, that's getting close. Like yeah. that's yeah, I think that is close, but that's at least a game. It's not like there's a drop off. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think um, it's interesting what you say about not being able to cater for both financially because I think there's this weird thing where the EuroLeague is still seen as kind of the big dance and, you know, it's the trophy. Um, But it's also like, are we really going to make our our team that has to go and play league games week in and week out, are we going to make them less strong than they could be for the sake of doing well at this three-game stint 
towards the end of the season seems yeah do you want to be worse for 11 games so that you could win three like even though it might like it might be loaded towards those three games those three games being more important like it doesn't feel like it makes sense at the time yeah it's a it's a weird situation for sure but i think the counter argument is there's so much there's so much quality in the spanish league now and so many guys who seem either interested in going to Spain or staying in Spain and bouncing to a different team. I think there's an argument you could get rid of the junior role and the guys who are in the league would redistribute effectively without anyone getting a whole lot weaker. Uh, yeah. But I don't know if that's the case or not. That's a that's a huge thought experiment, which we won't get into. No, maybe you make the point younger, like the cutoff, yeah. like 20 yeah. or something so that you're really helping out like the actual young guys that have a real physical disadvantage from being a kid. But then when, sure. when you get to like 22, you're good. Like yeah. you should be, I don't know, or make it a half of, ah, it doesn't make too much of a difference, but then I, I could see them looking at tweaking it if they care a whole lot, but I don't know. Yeah. It could be, could be something to think about. Could go either way. I think on that note, we'll get out of here. Anyone listening to this, hit us up on Instagram. What would you do about the point? Yeah, would you change the junior point if you were the Spanish Federation? Look at me asking for social media engagement like a sucker, like a corporate <laughs> shill. Um, we should tell people to rate us five stars while we're at it. But I don't. I full disclosure, I've never rated a podcast five stars, and I honestly don't know how I would even do that. I don't think I've ever given podcasts a rating. I think it's quite easy to do. Um, yeah, tell a friend about this. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, Keep our listens going points. up because we've been doing all right episode by episode. So thank you, everybody, for bearing with us. Yeah, all right. I think cool. that'll do it. Right. Peace out, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much. See you next time. Take it easy. Bye.